Yo, this shit looks crazy. Things are getting weird. What the hell is going on? This is what the world looks like now. Things are getting weird. But all I know, all I know. Wake up, 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 Questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. How's everybody doing today? This is Political Insta Stories, episode number 18. Today's date is November 2nd, 2020, one day before the 2020 election. Is everybody excited? Is everybody got their houses boarded up? And their shotguns ready because, um, you know, in case Trump wins, the liberals might come and burn down the country. Are we all excited for that? I hope we are. So um, that was Loza Alexander with the music in the beginning. Um, That song is hilarious and it's good, too. Like, he's actually really good. And uh, the guy is great. He's funny. Check him out. Lowe's Alexander. The audio clip after that is actually Charlemagne the God talking about how Biden is more racist than Trump, but he's still going to vote for Biden anyway. But then he says, and he has the interview, and that's the interview where Biden says that if you don't vote for Democrats or Biden, then you're not black, like they own them or something, which is like... You know, just ugh, one of the most racist freaking things you could say. Um, to start the day today, um, I wanted to get in. We'll start off nice and easy. So we got, weirdly, it's becoming trendy to like Trump or to be down with Trump. And I don't know if people are starting to finally figure out that the establishment is 
BLM and that they're being, you know, kind of suckered into something that is not what it says they are. Like BLM is a Marxist George Soros funded organization to cause mayhem and division in our country. And I think maybe people are starting to catch on to it. And it's almost getting trendy to be like, yo, you know, Trump isn't that bad. You know, so I think that is a good thing. Um, you know, I usually don't like trendy things, but like this is like the underground now. So good. That's what we need. Anyway, to prove that point, Little Wayne now has embraced Trump. Little Pump now has embraced Trump. 50 Cent now has embraced Trump. I think he went back on his word. I'm not absolutely sure of that. It's something I heard. But Chelsea Handler was talking shit. That racist bitch. I don't mean to say it so meanly like that, but she is. Like, to say that to somebody, oh, I had to remind him he was black so he can't vote for Trump. Like, who the hell are you? You know what I mean? Shut your mouth. Anyway, I am not angry. If that sounds angry, I am not angry. Just trying to emphasize logic, common sense. That is all. (laughs) So I think it was Friday or maybe over the weekend. um, The Girl Scouts, okay, they put up a post congratulating our new Supreme Court justice who happens to be a woman. Okay. And because she is a conservative woman, the liberals started on Twitter, I'm guessing, saying all these nasty things to the Girl Scouts. So the Girl Scouts had to retract the tweet, take it down, and then come back with an apology. So this is called cancel culture. So they were trying to cancel. Think about this. They were trying to cancel the Girl Scouts because the Girl Scouts congratulated a woman who has seven children, I believe. Two of them are adopted, okay? She is now a Supreme Court justice, okay? She is an accomplished woman that I think any woman would would look up to or any little girl should look up to of what you can do in this world when you put your mind to it, when you work hard. You know what I mean? And this whole thing is is the only reason why is because she's a conservative. Like, everything is so political, and these liberal, like, Democrat leftist people are just so hateful and just so in this, like, they look at it like a game, like like, like, like it's a game of war. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, they're, ah, it's just... I'm so I'm so sick of reading about it and hearing about it. And it's always coming from the left, this cancel stuff. And this stuff needs to go. I cannot wait till it goes. But big tech has a big part in this too. And like everyone thinks their opinion really matters. Do you know what I mean? Like like on Twitter, everyone's opinion matters. You know? Okay, on my show right now. This is all my opinion on the Insta stories. Okay. Now, I don't think that my opinion should change anybody's life should stop anyone else from losing their first amendment right to freedom of speech should stop anybody from wanting to be a certain type of person or looking up to a certain type of person do you know what i'm saying 
Like that's how America used to be. And I believe that's how it should be. We should all have our own thoughts, which is the way it should be. We should not be a hive mind. And then if someone retracts or goes out of it, or, you know, we all attack them and try to kill them. Like what the hell is going on? I, I don't know if it's, if I don't know if it's politics that did this or if it's social media that did this or a little bit of both. Man, I mean, conservatives are always kind of hated, like, just because, you know, usually it's it's the old people that become conservatives because they're more experienced and smarter and they own their own businesses. So they understand things more, especially when it comes to taxes and wanting to have the government, you know, out of your pocket and kind of out of your life. They believe in small government. And they also believe that you can be whatever you want to be in this country as long as you work hard. Um, also, conservatives nowadays are very different than the conservatives of even 20 years ago. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but um, President Trump was the first president to be elected. That was for gay marriage prior to actually being elected. Obama and Hillary were both not for gay marriage. People don't know that. Because the media doesn't really talk about that because that's not a good thing. <laughs> it doesn't work for them, you know, since 90% of them are liberal. Anyway, um, one another thing I wanted to talk about was, okay, so my last episode I talked about big tech. You know how I really don't like big tech because I feel like they're going to try to become pretty much our government. And they are definitely globalists because they they are across the globe. You know, and they work for a lot of different countries. They have a lot of money in China and all over. Um, but almost 95% of Silicon Valley donations have gone to Joe Biden. So what does this mean? Okay, so does that mean that Joe Biden is bought by Silicon Valley? And why that scares me is because Silicon Valley claims, you know, well, you know, Zuckerberg, Twitter, Jack Dorsey, um, Google claim to not have a Democrat leftist bias, but they do. 100% they do. 95%. Okay, 95%. All right. A report from the Wired magazine states that almost 95% of donations from employees at Silicon Valley tech giants went to Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Donations to Biden from the employees of big tech companies have been doubled those to Hillary Clinton in 2016. So let's think about that now. They doubled. So that means they realized that uh, we messed up. We let Trump in. So you guys are going to be mad at us now. So we better make sure that you guys win this time or maybe you're going to try to take us down. Because if you listened to my last episode... The conservatives, when they had them at the Senate hearing, the conservatives want less censorship, which we should not have any censorship in this country, okay? Um, there should be free speech. Um, and the Democrats wanted more censorship. They wanted to censor the president more. So... That's what we have to look forward to if we get Joe Biden in. I have another thing that you have to look forward to if tomorrow, or it probably won't even be tomorrow when we know, but 
um, when we do find out who the president is, this if it is have if it does happen to be Joe Biden, another thing we have to look forward to that the media never talks about is that Joe Biden made a deal with the hardcore left socialist part of the Democrat Party, which would include people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, um, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, or Ayanna Presley, however you say it. These are the most radical people on the, on the left, for sure. They're the, uh, AOC is the one that came up with the Green New Deal, which would cost over $100 trillion, which would bankrupt us, which would make us um, not rely on oil anymore. We would literally turn into a socialist hellhole. And it's it's bad. But anyway, Joe Biden made a deal, which is kind of hush-hush, with these this group and, Ber- and Bernie Sanders. So here's Bernie Sanders talking to all of them and having a little meeting about what they plan to do with Joe Biden. But we understand that electing Biden is not the end all, it is the beginning, okay? And I think as the result of the work that all of you have done, Biden's proposals in this campaign are a lot stronger than they were in the primary Alexandria, uh, was on the uh, climate change task force, did a great job. Uh, and his proposals are stronger. Do they go as far as we would want? No, they don't. Okay. Biden, unlike Trump, does not conceive of himself as a dictator. That means you have your job in the House. I've got my job with others in the Senate. And we're not giving up on our agenda. For example, one area, you know, Biden wants to expand health care. That's good. Wants to lower prescription drug costs. That's great. Wants the double funding for community health centers. Very important. But you know and I know that at the end of the day, the only way that we're going to provide quality care to every man, woman, and child in an affordable way is through Medicare for All. And we ain't giving up on that struggle. All right? We're going to introduce Medicare for All. Believe me, we are. And we have, because of all of your efforts and the efforts of great doctors and nurses and others throughout the country, we got a majority of the people who support us. So thank you for that. Green New Deal, we ain't giving up on that. We know, my God, I mean, every day, I mean, the horrors that are going on on the West Coast right now, all over the world, Australia burning, West Coast burning. We have got to be bolder than ever before in tackling climate change. And as Alexandria and all of you have pointed out, we can create millions of good paying jobs as we do it. We're going to go forward on that issue, on criminal justice, on immigration. All right, we're not retreating. So our first task, we made it clear to everybody, it's no great secret. Our first task, we got to defeat the worst president in the modern history of this country. And number two, we organize our people to make sure that Biden becomes the most progressive president since FDR. That's that's what I'm envisaging. So for all the people that didn't believe when we said that Biden is a Trojan horse for the socialist wing of the Democrat Party. Do you kind of believe us now, or do you still going to deny it? Um, if you still want to deny it, here's um, some other proof. Okay, a couple of days ago, actually yesterday, sorry, 
Kamala Harris promotes socialism two days ahead of election. Equitable, uh, equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. That is communism. That is socialism, communism, Marxism. That's exactly what that is. Let me read the story from you for you. Okay, from Breitbart, Senator Kamala Harris made a final pitch for socialist ideology two days before the presidential election, posting a video explaining the difference between equality and equity and concluding that equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. So there's a big difference between equality and equity, Harris said in a video posted on her Twitter account on Sunday. The video featured an illustration of two individuals about to climb a mountain. Each was given two ropes, which a white man used to begin climbing. Full stop. Of course, he had to be white, you know, because white people, we have it all. White privilege, all that. What about liberal, liberal privilege? What about that? Anyway, um, the other man, who appeared to be black, was unable to reach the rope as he stood several feet lower than the other man. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we could get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me, the narration continued. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on one equal footing and then com complete on equal footing. Sorry, compete on equal footing. She continued as the video showed the fruitful ground rising the man up the original level of the white man, where he then grabbed the rope and climbed up to the peak. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place, she concluded. The vice presidential hopeful analogy drew backlash from several social media users. Equity through government force inevitably puts one group at a disadvantage to another. The two social engineer outcomes. That's not fair or equitable, one remarked. The Dems are finally open about their admiration of the most repressive system of organizing society, another user said. Anyway, that's exactly right. That's communism. That's what Russia was. That's what North Korea is. That's what Venezuela turned into. And that was a very sad story and a recent story. Um, let me read you this from Fox News. How socialism turned Venezuela from the wealthiest country in the South America into an economic basket case. Venezuela was once one of the wealthiest countries in South America, but in recent years, millions have fled the country amid mass starvation and violence after socialist policies were enacted and government seized private industries. Now, as Venezuelans struggle against the country's current dictator, some Venezuelans ex exiles in the U.S. are desperately warning Americans to avoid going down a similar path. Socialism not only takes away from people from the access to basic food and medicines, but also creates an environment in which life is not worth living. Gianna Raffo, who fled Venezuela in 2016, but who still works with the activist, organi activist organization there, told Fox News, Despite the situation in Venezuela, polls show Americans warming to the term socialism in recent years. Full stop. I wonder why. Because of people like AOC and people like George Soros and other wealthy liberals who've been putting this idea into the media and using our history of, you know, race um, and trying to divide us to get us to believe this stuff. 
that's what they are doing. They want to destroy us. And people like him, George Soros, and other people, I know, because when you say his name, they're like, when you say his name, like, liberals get mad. Anyway, the um, people that are billionaires like that, they'd love to, for some reason, mess with people's lives because they can. So he has everything in the world, right, money-wise. So what else can he do now? except affect governments. Look at Bill Gates. Why is Bill Gates all of a sudden one of the biggest like uh, voices in this pandemic? That's weird. Isn't he a computer guy? I always thought that was kind of weird and creepy. Anyway, back to the story. Venezuelans who have fled their country warn that their country's history shows what others uh, must watch out for and avoid. Venezuela's journey to disaster began in 1992 when a Venezuelan lieutenant colonel named Hugo Chavez led several armored units into a coup against the government. More than 100 people were killed in fighting, but his coup was defeated. However, in the name of national unity, the government released Chavez from prison after just two years. Chavez made many positive statements about socialism after his release from prison. Almost immediately after his release, he went to Cuba, which I believe is communist, and spoke before the Cuban parliament and Fidel Castro, telling them, I do not deserve this honor. I hope I will deserve it one day. We are committed to the revolutionary work. Four years after that, Chavez ran for the Venezuela presidency. The Venezuelan presidency, excuse me. During his run, he downplayed his previous radicalism, telling people that he was neither for savage capitalism, nor socialism, nor communism. Instead, he claimed to support a Third way, a balance between socialism and capitalism. Hmm, where have you heard that before? Anyway, Chavez won the election. Maria Teresa Romero, a Venezuelan who fled the U.S., says Chavez's softer rhetoric was all about seizing power. Yes, full stop. Yes, yes, that's exactly how it goes. Um, back to the story. Hugo Chavez deceived people by blatantly using lies, she told Fox News. News reports from Chavez won the presidency in 1998 state that some Venezuelans sent their valuable property to Miami to protect it from, uh, from potential confiscation. But in short run, the property was safe. Chavez didn't implement many socialist policies immediately. His first priority was instead to rewrite the Constitution. He was direct about it, telling the Venezuelan Congress in 1999, uh, quote, the Constitution and... With the ill-fated political system to which it gave birth 40 years ago has to die. It's going to die. Sirs, accept it. Full stop. Do you see the parallels? Um, that's like our critical race theory, um, which I will be doing. The special will be coming out soon. But that is what they're using to kind of get people to more take this idea of socialism and put it more into the mainstream and starting to get people to, to, to try to accept this idea that it is a good form of government. It's never worked anywhere. Okay. It's never worked anywhere. Venezuela went from one of the richest to one of the poorest countries within like 10 years. And it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's scary, the parallels, but anyway, back to the story. Chavez succeeded in rewriting the Constitution, which came to the new rights to things like free government, provided health care, college, and social justice. 
Full stop. I'm like laughing because like you you see do you see this? Can you hear what I'm saying? Back to the story. The Constitution passed a popular vote easily with 72% of the vote. The basic structure of both the old and new constitutions followed the U.S. model with a presidency, a legislative branch, and a Supreme Court. However, after 12 or after several Supreme Court rulings went against Chavez in 2004, he stacked the court by passing a, a new to add 12 new justices to it, justices that he got to pick, just like the Democrats are saying they want to do right now in America in 2020. Back to the story. A similar move was once proposed in the United States by President D. Franklin Roosevelt. Yes, it's true. And the idea has also been proposed recently by professors angry about President Trump's nomination of Justice Brett Kavanaugh to the court. Also, not in the story, but also Amy Coney Barrett. Only once Chavez had control of the courts and the legislature to begin to fully advance the socialist policies. A series of changes started to show us a terrifying truth, Janarafo said. Constant attacks on private property, the impl- uh, implementation of very harmful economic policies, criminalization of dissent, censorship, etc. In 2006, Chavez ran for election on an overly socialist platform, and soon after he won, he began major seizures of private property. privately owned property. Thousands of private businesses were nationalized, including media outlets, oil and power companies, mines, farms, banks, factories, and grocery stores. One video shows a shop owner in tears as his business is confiscated for charging higher prices than were allowed. Though the nationalizations, Americans from Michael Moore to Nobel Prize winning economist Joseph Stiglitz often applauded Chavez's regime. In the beginning, Chavez had some progress in reducing poverty. Some experts say was possible by spending Venezuela's vast oil wealth. They were able to fund a lot with the oil money, and when oil prices went down, the rest of the economy had just been destroyed. Tom Palmer, executive VP at the Atlas Network, told Fox News, America may be a long way from Venezuela's tragedy, experts say. Polls show that many, as many as 37% of Americans who say they support socialism, actually have in mind the generous welfare state seen in Europe rather than the tr- traditional definition of socialism, the nationalization of production. Uh, Gianna Raffo personally experienced the effects of Chavez econo- economic policies, which caused massive shortages and hyperinflation. Just before coming to the U.S. in January of 2016, my family and I used to make plus eight hour lines to buy basic good. Food was her biggest worry. It's the same that Cuba has. Basically, you can only buy a certain amount of food per week, two pastas, two milk, one chicken, etc. She noted that often, even the amount was not available. Surveys show the average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds. Her family was fortunate and was able to move out of the country. Full stop. See, that's what I'm trying to say. There is a lot of parallels to these stories. And what you see happening in America. And that is very scary. And if you don't understand what socialism is or capitalism or 
things like that. And you hear these people make these promises like Bernie Sanders and tell you, oh, well, oh, in Europe, you know, they do it this way. And that's the way you're really supposed to do socialism. And that's the only fair way to do things. No, that's not. And that's not even socialism. I think um, one of those Nordic countries, they did it for like a year or two, then found out that they were going to go broke. So they actually went back to capitalism, but with like a little bit more socialism, like things kind of like what we have pretty much with like a, a safety net type deal, welfare and stuff like that. Um, socialism kills. It will kill and it will destroy America if we let it get in. And people that are funded. See, that's the thing. These liberals and people, like I've said, like George S. and Alexander S. and people that what they're doing is smart. They are funding people like AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley. Um, but they're also they're going in small. So what they're doing is they're going in local elections because those are the ones that really matter. They're going for local DAs. They're going for um uh, local mayors, local governors, they want to turn all of them Democrats because those are where the real power is. And once they have those, then they could do things like they're doing in Portland right now where the DA won't even go after the people that are burning down and causing all these riots and, um, you know, killing people for murder and stuff. It's That's how they cause the division and the war. They want a civil war. They want to destroy America. They want to destroy us. They always have. When you're on top, people want to destroy you. China wants to destroy us, and other people want to destroy us. I mean, of course, the you know the, the Iranians and them, they all want to destroy us. They've had it for years because they are super duper duper conservative and they think we're evil and the devil. But um the reason these millionaires and billionaires want to kill us and uh you know ruin our country, I really don't know. I think it's more of like a sociological or sociology project to them or like, and I know Bill Gates believes that like there should be less people on earth because they believe that if there's less people on earth and there'll be less global warming and there'll also be more resources for the other people. They do believe this. And, um, I will get papers and proof and show you stories about this in the future. Um, but to get off of this topic right now um, and switch over maybe to something else, um, I would like to, I think, to finish the episode off, I want to talk about the Trump train that attacked, in quotes, Joe Biden's bus. Okay, so there's this story going on that this Trump caravan attacked Joe Biden's bus, so Joe Biden had to stop and they couldn't go on with their uh, speech that they were supposed to do. And they couldn't do their campaign event because these scary Trump supporters were attacking them, which is not really what happened. I guess they were just following him and going on the side of him and just being a jerk, you know, like just messing with him like they always do. Like the Trump supporters always go to his campaign events and honk their horns and scream Trump 2020. It's just something they do. But like he just wanted to make them look bad you know, he called them ugly people. Like the stuff that they say about people that support Trump is so funny because it really shows the elitist attitude these people had. I mean, this guy has been in government getting paid by our tax money for 47 years. And that wasn't even good enough for him. No, he had to make, he had to get rich and use his son, his brother, 
Um, any other family members that we don't know about yet? I don't know, but he used them as the bag men and he would give them contracts and blah, blah, blah. And he would get a certain percentage. I know that Hunter Biden right now is under FBI investigation for money laundering, which is sad because I bet you his father put him up to it. And, um, I just, you know, if Joe Biden does get elected and become our president, um, even if he does, He's going to get either they're going to put him out because he has dementia or something like that, Alzheimer's or something like that, or he's going to get in trouble for all the corruption and then Kamala's going to come become president. And what did I just say about the Kamala story? She wants socialism. So just think about that choice that you have there. I know that I am very obviously voting for Trump. But I believe that you guys need to know the other side of the story because 90% of the media out there is liberal. We all know it. It's obvious. So I just want to give you a different perspective and a different side. And maybe you'll hear some stories that you ha wouldn't have heard if you didn't listen to my podcast. That's the whole point of Insta Stories. Correct. Pol cor or correction. Political Insta Stories. That's why I changed the name because they're very political. Um, but after the election and maybe, well, you know what, after we get the results of the election and we know who's president, then, uh, you know, things will calm down, but I will be having more people on more conversations, different subjects, starting to get into more of that stuff. And then, um, eventually pretty soon I'm going to get into the video and, uh, we'll have video podcast. And, uh, so we are just moving along. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode today um, and I will talk to you tomorrow and I hope you learned something and don't forget. Trump 2020 ain't nothing you could do about that little bitch. We gon' get him back in office. Uh, Trump 2020 ain't nothing you could do about that little bitch. We gon' get him back in office. Uh, fuck. Nancy Pelosi, 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 Crazy. Things are getting weird. What the hell is going on? This is what the world looks like now. Things are getting weird. But all I know, all I know. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up, 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 wake up